I was driving a long way to work. I was supposed to be the implementer of a product that never sold. I was extremely under-challenged and frankly bored. And while it sounds great to rake in a paycheck for doing very little, it was absolutely soul-sucking for me. And I, it was all, I, I planned to quit so that it wasn't a, a heat of an emotional moment. The relief I felt when I did that, I was like, oh my gosh, it just feels like a weight is lifted. Hey, Feasters, and welcome to episode five of season three of Living the Feast. We've got an awesome show for you today with Carrie Dills. I've had the pleasure of knowing Carrie being in and around the WordPress space for years. She's smart, funny, sarcastic, and well, if I didn't know better, I would have thought she was a New Yorker too. She's someone who I have the utmost respect for how she's built her business, and she's always open to sharing with others how to do it right. If you're new to the show, I'm Jason, and Living the Feast is a podcast for you looking to build a profitable and sustainable freelance business by building recurring revenue so that you can live the kind of life you want. And if you aren't new to this show and enjoy what we're doing here, why not go ahead and head over to iTunes and hit that subscribe button so you get notified as soon as an episode drops. Carrie is a developer, but she didn't start out that way. In fact, she fell into her business because she fell out of love with the idea of running a coffee shop. In this episode, you'll hear how Carrie attracts her clients and her students by being herself. She realizes how important it is for people to buy from you because of who you are and not because of the colors of your logo or the language you write code in. We talk about how to build a business that you enjoy and want to wake up and do every single day. We talk about that no matter how long you've been doing this whole freelancing thing, we all hit a wall sometimes and Carrie inside and outside of her group helps folks get unstuck. So if you're ready, let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by Feast, the premium online coaching and community designed for web developers, designers, marketers, and freelancers of all type wanting to specialize their business and build recurring revenue that's profitable and sustainable. Today's market is ever-changing and yesterday's advice won't cut it. Feast members get access to the roadmap and training library, which includes everything you need to niche down, build recurring revenue, and become that go-to respected person for your services. That together with monthly roundup calls, exclusive workshops, expert chit chats, and our Slack community, you'll have everything you need to live the life of your own design. If you're serious about not competing on price and having clients that respect you and your expertise, then join Feast. Head over to feastcourse.com today. Hey, Feasters. Welcome to another episode of Living the Feast. Today's featured guest is Carrie Dills. Welcome, Carrie. Thanks, Jason. Great to have you. Wait, no, that's what I say when I'm hosting a podcast. It's great to be here. (laughs) 
That's awesome. Well, for full disclosure, I've been on Carrie's podcast twice. Uh, she's a podcast host at Office Hours FM. It's a great podcast. Um, at, she's a freelancer, a web developer. Uh, she's always open about sharing her experiences of being both of those things or all three of those things, really. Um, and she's recently launched a course called the Free, Fearless Freelancer, helping other freelancers get out of that nine to five commute kind of grind and, you know, enhance their skill by learning the business side of freelancing. And uh, we'll dive into that as well. But um, Carrie, I'm sure I didn't do justice to that intro. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are and why you do what you do? Oh, well, I mean, you, you nailed the high points. <laughs> Other than that, I sleep, eat, and, you know, pet my dogs. Uh, I've been <laughs> doing freelancing in some form or fashion since the late 90s. Uh, ever since I graduated from school and, uh, you know, just, I, I, I love it. I love the flexibility that it gives. Uh, but of course, as the name of your show implies, there are some times when it's a little bit dry. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, I love doing it. And at this point in my career, I found that I uh, get a lot of satisfaction from helping other people, uh, find success in what they want to do. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I affectionately call us that have been in the game, for 15 years plus doing it. And that's starting to grow too. Like the, the number of people in that, I call us freelancer veterans. <laughs> Cause I mean, it's the, 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 the idea behind a freelancer nowadays isn't what it used to be, right? It was always such a romantic kind of thing. And like the, 50s, you're a writer or a novelist and you're freelancing artist or something like that. And I feel like nowadays it's like, okay, I'm home, I'm in my pajamas all day long and I'm banging away on the keyboard. <laughs> so it's, it's not as romantic as it once was. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's, it wasn't, I don't think as common as a career option then as it is now. Like people look at you sideways and be like, so really you're just unemployed. <laughs> Like, no, I promise I work. I just work for myself. It's so true. I mean, I, we moved in, in August, the end of August and, uh, you know, meeting new neighbors is always, you know, a fun little adventure and you don't know how, like, you know, Hey, what do you do for a living? And like, I never know how somebody is going to say, say, I work from home. And then I, I lead off with that. And they're like, you do? They're like, Oh, he probably plays video games and eats Cheetos on the couch all day long. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when I tell people I work from home, one of the most common responses I hear is, Oh, you must have a lot of discipline. I couldn't do that. And my response, well, I've gotten to be my response as well. I frankly like to eat. And if I don't work, I don't eat. So no, it really doesn't take a lot of discipline. <laughs> just I like to eat just like you do. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it is funny. It's funny how people react that way. And now my wife is now home too, and she's just starting her freelance kind of career and, and getting that going. But she, you know, her, she doesn't look at it like you and I look at it. She looks at it more as like, Hey, that's our vacation fund or, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, you know, she basically is the primary caretaker of TJ. Right. Um, but it's, you know, the neighbors are like, Holy cow. I don't know how they, <laughs> they just moved in. They both work from home. Like what, how is they paying for things over there? <laughs> the bank's going to be showing up any day. <laughs> Uh, so, all right. So, a question that I love to ask 
people are is really it's what would you consider your defining moment in life so far? That is a difficult question. Uh, I mean, there's lots of, you know, getting married. That was a defining moment or I mean, there, I guess it depends on how you define your defining moment. Um, one moment that has always <laughs> stood out to me was uh, after I decided to leave the cube farm world, um, which I, I, I did go corporate for a little while. Um, I went on a vacation with a, a buddy from high school and up in New York, we went to this coffee shop. I think it was called downtown up down. And it, the vibe was just super cool. They had free internet, which this was the early 2000s. So that was like not a thing uh, everywhere. And there was this cool band playing. They served indoor s'mores. They had beer, they had wine. <laughs> and it was it, like the atmosphere, like I wanted to go back and create that year in my hometown. Uh, so I got this grand idea, you know, hey, I'm going to open a coffee shop. And, it, you know, I knew nothing about running a coffee shop. And as, as the story goes on, um, I went and got a job at Starbucks to learn the trade. And after a nine-year career with them, determined that I wanted nothing ever to do with a coffee shop. Uh, but I, <laughs> I kind of say, like, I got my MBA on the run there. I learned so much about running a business when I was managing um, stores for them and but when I look back, it kind of started with that that moment in New York in that coffee shop where I just said, "This, you know, this freaking awesome. I want I want to be able to help other people experience this." Mm. But now I don't care how they drink their coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and a tin can, who cares? Yeah, that is funny. Um, so, I mean that that's that's interesting because I mean the whole thing that drew you to wanting to own your own coffee shop is the environment that you sat in, in that one coffee shop. You wanted to recreate that in your own neighborhood. My thought is, is that do you, in your business now, create a a sort of environment that is friendly? Like, how do you do that for your clients to create that experience that, I guess, recreates that that thing that you found in New York? I don't, something really big I've learned um, is just be yourself. And when you're being natural, that's your most attractive self uh, versus trying to put on a personality or a facade or act a certain way. And I'm just an informal person and I've learned to roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> and so you probably don't want me showing up in certain meetings, um, but for the type of client that I work with and, and want to attract, and now in this case, the students I want to work with, um, there's an appreciation for a friendly tone, an informal tone, a welcoming, hey, if you got questions, ask them, you know, not putting on air sort of environment. Um, so I guess that's a long way of, of, I don't know if I even answered your question No, <laughs> to some degree. Yes. I think, that, but the way of creating that environment is just being myself. Yeah. I, I mean, I, for me, I'm the same way. Like I, you know, I don't hide that I'm a New Yorker. I might say something that <laughs> comes across as blunt or maybe you don't like what I said. I, you know, please don't take offense to it. You know, like I, I say that those things all the time, you know, it's just, it's just who I am. If I try to block that or filter that in some way, then it's going to come off that way. And I feel that especially in freelancing, people buy into you 
rather than buying into your thing, whether you're a Ruby on Rails developer or a WordPress developer or a designer or whatever, people are going to buy into you first. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And that's where you can stand out among the competition is because you got you got one thing nobody else has, and that's your, your own self. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think... Yeah, I mean the unique value add that you bring, and and that's, and you talked about your students. That's what I like to tell coaching clients and other freelancers as well is that, you know, look, you could try to put any sort of language spin on the thing that you do on your website, but when you go into that sales meeting and you try to put on that spin, also, it's going to come off as that. It's not going to come off as genuine, and then, then then that client essentially looks at you as more of a commodity rather than an asset to them. And they can go get a commodity elsewhere, maybe for cheaper. And why not add your own personality? I, I For me, and I heard this from Curtis McHale, is that during those initial sales calls, he has a metric that he says that if he doesn't laugh at least three times during that sales call, they don't work together. <laughs> I'm like, what? And he said, yeah. He said, then we don't, our personality isn't going to work. And then, like, if we have calls and, you know, sarcasm's not going to flow and like all of that, I'm like, that's, I'm like, have you ever turned any down anybody with that? He goes, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, that's crazy. Wow. But, you know, it's, I, I think personality is a huge thing. It's actually one of my four factors that, you know, I do for, vetting clients, so to speak. So outside of that moment in New York, in that coffee shop, do you come from, were your parents entrepreneurs? I mean, was entrepreneurship in kind of in your DNA, so to speak? Kind of so. So my, uh, my mom's dad owned a grocery store. My mom's mom owned a flower shop. My dad's mom owned a beauty salon. Uh, so that not my parents directly, but uh, that generation back were all business owners. And I don't know that I really put that together until later in life. Um, but as a kid, I was always creating things and trying to find ways to get somebody to pay me to do something. And, um, <laughs> and my parents always, they just called me, you know, their little entrepreneur and, uh, and I guess encouraged en encouraged that kind of creativity in me. Um, and that's just something that sort of naturally flowed into adulthood in my career. So did you always know that you wanted to do that? Like when you were in the cube farms where you kind of like, all right, I, I just can't wait to get out of here. So I'm going to work on the side gig so I can get out of this thing permanently or. Uh, well, I was doing freelancing before I got into the cube farm and that's actually how I got into the cube farm. It was a, a, a freelancing contract that turned to a full-time hire. And, you know, when I graduated from college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I read all the career books and, you know, I didn't know what color my stupid parachute was and <laughs> all, all the other, you know, career advice things out there. Uh, and I started freelancing just by default because I, you know, I needed to pay my rent. And I've, at that point in time, actually opened up the classifieds and the physical newspaper uh, to see who <laughs> might need some web design work and uh, picked up, you know, started picking up some gigs that way and kind of immediately fat. Like when I, there was a, a, my very first gig, paid gig was doing, designing banner ads for a local radio station. Whew, I still have those dimensions <laughs> imprinted in my brain. I can't get rid of them. But, 486 by 60, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, the, for the for the small one, uh, and they pay me twenty bucks an hour. I don't remember if they said they would pay me that or if I threw a number out there. Uh, but I, I got off the phone and I was like, "Holy cow! Someone will pay me twenty dollars an hour. That what a huge sum to sit in my apartment." And work whatever the hours of the day I wanted to work. And I, I was like, oh my gosh, I think I am in love. <laughs> I want to do more of this. Yeah, no, I, that's, yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's astonishing what you can find when you need to find it, right? Um, like you said, like you were just doing, you were doing freelancing almost out of self-defense because you have bills to pay. And, and, and for me, it was very similar it was i was working at the time i was working for an employment agency as an as their it intern right but i was the only guy there that did any sort of it so i don't know who i was interning you were the whole with department. whatever <laughs> exactly <laughs> and i was setting up printers and installing mouse drivers and like all of these things and then and i i it wasn't what I wanted to do by any stretch of the imagination. It was just kind of spending cash and it was getting close to my college career ending. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, like you, like, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. I went to an engineering school. I started out as a CS major, computer science major. And then I shifted over to information management for whatever that meant because I didn't want to take the physics classes. <laughs> so it was, it was like, I was all over the place. And uh, I did the same thing. I looked in the, the want ads, the, the local papers that had businesses that at that time wanted a website because it was like a pool in the backyard at the time. It was a nice to have, you know? <laughs> and I was like, hey, if somebody pays me doing front page and Dreamweaver work, I can do this, you know? And it, it was great. Like the fact that you got this check, for like a couple, like, and it was like maybe just over a hundred dollars for a few, like five, six, seven hours spent on it. And I was like, this is awesome. What am I doing at like, you know, working as the IT intern, <laughs> right? Yeah. And probably not making that much. No, definitely not. So it's like this money tree you could go shake. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So, so you and I have been doing this a long time and there's probably been multiple times at which there's been lower points. What was the lowest point for you in your career? Lowest financially or lowest emotionally? In your opinion, whatever, because I know for me, it would have been emotionally, but the financial thing was there too at the time. Oh, you know, I've had a number of those moments. Um, <laughs> I think it, it, one point in my career, I, I've had quite a few contract hires. Uh, so I, I, I try my darndest to freelance and then it turns out people like me and want to hire me. Dang it. And uh, it's a good problem. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta say no. Just say no. <laughs> it's a good problem to have. But I remember after taking one of those and um, I was driving, I had quite a commute and this was actually the, the, the cube farm job that was sort of the last one I left before that New York trip. Um, I was driving a long way to work to, to and fro. I was supposed to be the implementer of a product that never sold. So basically I had, I was extremely under challenged and frankly bored. Uh, and while it sounds great to rake in a paycheck for doing very little, it was absolutely soul sucking for me. 
Um, and I, it was all, I, I planned to quit so that it wasn't a, a you know, in, in the a heat of an emotional moment. Um, I had a financial number that I wanted, or a bank account number that I wanted to hit before I uh, went in and turned in my notice. But the relief I felt when I did that, I still remember my friend Brittany, she met me for a barbecue lunch and we, we had a beer and it was like one o'clock in the afternoon. We were like, here I am day drinking on a, <laughs> on a Thursday or whatever day it was. And I, it was my last day. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it just feels like a weight is lifted uh, to not know that I'd never had to go back into that office again. They were great people and all that. They were nice people, but it was the work itself was. I get that for sure. There was, I did that twice. <laughs> um, second time was actually an accelerated thing where I had a, a date in mind and it was my birthday. I was like, I'm going to give myself the birthday gift of quitting. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and, and now it's funny because there's things like time hop, right? And like what I was posting on, you know, for how miserable I was for about nine months prior to it. Man, no wonder why they told me in August to get lost, right? Like, <laughs> but it, it was, it was like the, the feeling that, you know what? You have a skill. Um, it's a, a wanted skill and there's options out there, right? Like you don't have to sit, you know, at somebody else's desk if it, like you said, if it's soul sucking. And it definitely like dreading getting up in the morning, you know, and like at night you're just exhausted from the, the, the mental drain of the day and whatever the minutia that you had to do during that day. It's just, you know, it's, I, I can appreciate that for sure. <laughs> Especially long commutes too. I had an hour and a half commute one, one way and it was just, Oof. God forbid there was weather. <laughs> It was just like, there was one time a coworker of mine where we lived literally a couple of blocks away and we were like, why are we both taking our cars? Like, this is, you know, this is stupid. Like we're both wasting a ton of gas, putting a ton of miles on cars that really didn't need a ton of miles added to them, you know? And one day we, we commuted driving home. I remember it was a snowstorm. And it was like a foot and a half of snow on the ground. It took us oh, four over four hours to get home one way. And literally he fell asleep in the passenger side and <laughs> he woke up. That is yeah, brutal. He woke up and he was like, where are we? I go, I have no idea. I'm in the back I'm in some town somewhere and I'm just, <laughs> I, everything's closed. I don't know what you want me to do. I'm just trying to get north. That's I'm pointing the car and going that way. <laughs> But yeah, it's just, it's, 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 it's commutes suck nowadays. I mean, now what does it look like for you? I mean, do you have an office at home or do you, do you go, go to an office? Uh, just a home office. Uh, I love working out of my house. Usually, I don't know, one day a week or so I'll go up to the coffee shop and uh, just, you know, to see humans, <laughs> talk, talk to humans, um, and, you know, just for a little bit of a change of pace, but frankly, I've got, I like my big monitor set up and stuff. So it's, I feel like it's easier to work from home than it is just to go work off my laptop somewhere. Mm. So yeah, the commute is from my bedroom to the hallway or through the hallway to the office. Nice. It's not bad. Yeah. Not bad at all. <laughs> so 
what does t- tell tell me a little bit about the fearless freelancer and what you have plans for that and and talk about the students that are in there because you mentioned them earlier on I'm curious to learn a little bit more about yeah. who they are. Yeah. So my idea originally was, you know, if I could go back 20 years and and tell my freshly graduated from college self, if I could give her some wisdom uh, or help her shortcut the learning path um, to, you know, doing work that she loved and, and being paid to do it, that's, here's what I would tell her. Uh, and I originally started out as a book and the book is actually still in the works, but then I was like, you know what, I can take some of this and break it in and go more in depth on certain topics. Um, so that my first thought in terms of the, my ideal student is someone who's new in their career. Uh, someone who's just like, oh my gosh, like, how do you even like, what are the, what's the checklist? Um, how do I, what, what are taxes all about? I mean, just the extremely practical aspects of running a business. Um, and it's, it's funny because you think you're building something for one type of person and then a totally other kind of person shows up. Um, and also I have a, a Facebook group called the Fearless Freelancer that's free community for anybody to join, uh, anybody that's freelancer. And most of the people that are part of that group are well-established freelancers that have just hit a wall. Um, they're not quite sure what the, you know, like, Hey, I can't get clients to get stuff to me online or, you know, on time or, you know, just dealing with all the, you know, how do I got burned on this particular project? How do you write your contracts and sort of those things that once you're a little bit more mature in your business, but you still struggle with, right. Cause we're always uh, have something we're trying to learn or, or get better at. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I found that that's largely, who, who those students are. Um, but I love the Facebook community that I've got going because it's a place where people collaborate or it's the wrong word. It's kind of a hodgepodge of people. A lot of them are web developers because that's who my, uh, you know, who my network is and who knows me. Uh, but then today I had somebody join that's a, uh, she's a film director for sci-fi films. I was like, okay, that's pretty freaking <laughs> cool. <laughs> So freelancers come in all sorts of all sorts of flavors. But anyways, the courses that I've got right now over at fearlessfreelancer.com are are really geared towards uh, that person who is just either thinking about transitioning from full-time salaried employee to freelance, or they're just kind of getting the wheels wheels up on their freelance business. Um, and as time goes on, I would I would love to create some content more for that seasoned freelancer that's just feeling a little bit stuck. Mm. It's funny that you mentioned that you, you build something for someone that you think, and then other people show up for it because that's, (laughs) that's essentially the genesis of feast. I was like, what, what, if I could go back in time and give the early Jason, the tools of the trade and not go through some of the headaches that I went through, here it is. Here's feast. Um, and then I found that it was more, there was not, I thought I was building a course or a community really around newbie freelancers or people that are thinking about it. Well, I don't have one single person that hasn't, that, that isn't less than five years in freelancing. In oh, that. Wow. And they're all looking for the same thing. And it's because from what I've learned from them is that they saw how I built my business and they want to know how to do that. 
So because my business is recurring revenue based, all my clients are that way. I've really niched down on the specific client. I only need a handful of clients. They want to know how to do that. So I've kind of shifted feast a little bit more towards that. Like instead of ticking the boxes of like, how do you do taxes and you know contracts and stuff? It's more like, how do you pick your niche or how did, you know, like, which is mm-hmm. such a mindset shift. It's like, how, I can't tell somebody what they're good at and who they like to work with. You kind of have to figure that out, but I can help try. And I've gone through my notebooks in the past to see like all the notes that I took and stuff. It's, 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 it's great though. Cause you do, you do learn. I've learned more from them. I think in the short amount of time, than just doing it myself. And I, like you said, the, the, I, you know, I'm a part of your, your Facebook group and that community is very interactive. You know, like somebody posts something a couple, you know, a couple minutes later, somebody follows up with a link or a resource or an answer or something like that. And I, I find finding communities like that are fleeting, so to speak, I guess. Um, they're not as... Oh vibrant in today's market because I think that the established ones, and this is kind of a general term, it's not everybody, but some of the established ones are still stuck in their old ways. Mm. And freelancing nowadays is totally different than it was five or even 10 years ago, you know? Um, So I'm curious to, you said that there's a book so how, how, how does the book, which one was first? The, the, the book was first and then the course, right? Yes, but the course is ended up releasing before the book because it takes apparently a very long time to write a book. Maybe someday I'll <laughs> write a book about how freaking long it takes to write a book. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, the book is a collaboration with my friend Diane Kenny, who's another seasoned freelancer, but her, her experience is very different from mine. So together, I feel like we offer kind of an interesting perspective, but we saw all these people online, like offering their business wisdom and, you know, you can make six figures and be sipping pina coladas at the beach and working four hours a week. Sorry, Tim Ferriss. I mean, that's great for him, but that's not the real world or that's not most people's experience. And so we actually titled the book real world freelancing uh, that's meant to be a highly opinionated, like, this is how it is. Let me, let us show you the ropes. Um, we're not going to BS you, uh, into just forking over a ton of money for, for an empty air promise. Uh, and that's not to say everybody, this spammy and scammy that offers us sort of things online, but I'm just, I'm kind of tired of seeing it. Um, yeah, that, I don't know if I forgot your question. I just went off on a, a little rant, a tiny tangent. <laughs> That's all right. I'm <laughs> glad you did because I have before too. So um, yeah, it, it, there is a lot of that pie in the sky, dreamy kind of entrepreneurial, make it rain money kind of lifestyle Lamborghini in the driveway stuff. You know, um, I, I'm glad to hear that you're making a book, but it's, opinionated because, and it doesn't even have to, it, I mean, that word is, is in and of itself kind of steering that book in a direction. I just think what you said, it's real life. 
it's real world. This is what we went through. Um, so this is our experience. And, you know, we talked about that in the beginning is that, you know, it's our personalities that people attract people to us, our clients, colleagues, friends, family, that kind of stuff. Well, I, I guess family, you can't pick your family, but <laughs> your personality could push them away. Um, but the real world experiences that I have and that you have and somebody else has, it's three different experiences, mm-hmm. right? So it's how you are, where you think you are in your life, right? And where you want to get to, your goals that you want to get to, um, how, how does that, who can you surround yourself there to be able to maybe learn from and and grow and maybe, you know, and this is why I do the podcasts and write and stuff. It's like, I just want to help the person that's right behind me. Like if I can help them by telling them <laughs> what I tripped over, <laughs> then maybe they don't yeah. trip over it. Right. And, and, and so is the book on, on hold or is it, because for me, I'm like, all right, I want to read this book. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll send you a draft if you want to edit it. Uh, we're in. <laughs> well, I don't know if you want me to do that. <laughs> we're writing the last chapter right now. And then the editing process begins. And frankly, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. So, you know, I'll probably have my mom is really great at grammar. Have I, I think you edit for style then you edit for grammar. And um, so I'm, I'm frankly not sure how long that process takes, but our plan right now is to self-publish on Amazon, uh, sell it digitally, but also probably give the option to do um, print on demand. If people want an actual physical copy of it, mm-hmm. I'll send you one when it's out. Uh, <laughs> All right, you can, great. you can pre-read it and give me a great review for the cover. Apparently you need, you need those things. Um, yeah. So, but it's been in the works for, I think the idea originated a couple of years ago and it's one of those things where, you know, we were talking about before the show, you're, you've got these side projects you work on, but then, you know, all of a sudden you find yourself busy making a living and it's hard, you know, where does the time come in to, to do these kind of passion projects? And so we're finally getting some time uh, carved out in our schedules just to wrap that thing up. That's, that's great. Yeah, definitely send me the book. I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to be able to read it. And I'm not a reader and that evidently people telling me that's terrible that you own a business and you're not a reader. And I'm like, whatever, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I don't have time. If I go on the couch at night to read a book, I'm going to fall asleep. <laughs> so what am I going to do? Yeah. I'll send you an audio book. Even better. I like those. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get Sean Connery to do the voiceover though. Sean Connery. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Real world freelancing. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. That was a good, I wouldn't even try. <laughs> That's the best I can do. I'm short That's great. That's great. So aside from the book, what, what's, what's the future hold? <sighs> well, it's, it actually is something that doesn't involve work. Um, in September for the first time ever, I guess you could say I'm taking a sabbatical, but I'm doing a 35 day uh, hike through Spain with my dad. Um, and I'm just ridiculously excited about it, but in order to take that time off, 
Um, there's the physical aspect of, of you know, just, uh, and then also trying to get my business to a place. I, like you, I do a lot of recurring revenue-based business, um, trying to set up all the, the, the wheels and the cogs so that I'm able to step out of my business for that length of time and, and still be able to generate some income. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, <laughs> that's great. I mean, Hey, the pictures and all that other stuff. I mean, you're, you're going to be camping out and all of that. Like it's, um, there we'll be staying in probably hostels along the way or albergues is the, I think that's the Spanish word for, I call them Albuquerque. Oh, okay. Uh, cause that's <laughs> easier for me. <laughs> uh, probably just offended people, but uh, yeah, so we're, we're, it's the Camino de Santiago is the trail that we're hiking. And so there, there are a lot of, uh, they call the hikers pilgrims, uh, tons of pilgrims traverse that path. So it's, there's hostels all over the place and, you know, plenty of places. So we, we'll be hiking with, uh, without camping gear, which is good. Mm, that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I, I, I can only wish to take off 35 days, but that sounds so, <laughs> so long right now. But uh, yeah, I hope to be able to do that someday. I'd, I'd love to be able to go to Ireland and my wife's family's from Italy. So that's like one of our kind of bucket list kind of things that we want to do. So that that's, that's awesome. I'm definitely interested to hear, hear the story of, of what that sounds like at the end. Write that book. Right. Write that book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you may be the only person to buy that one. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe, you know, the people from Albuquerque. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this isn't about Albuquerque at all. <laughs> so this is, I, we've just went off on some tangent there, but. Sorry, was, it's me. Hey, I'm good with that too, <laughs> you know. So this has been awesome, Carrie. Thanks again for doing this. Uh, where can folks reach out? to say thanks and uh, check all of the things out that you're doing. Yeah. Uh, if you're on Facebook, just do a little search for the fearless freelancer um, and then say, join the group and say hi to me there. Or if Twitter's more your thing, I'm at cdills at C D I L S. Awesome. Great. And I'll put all of the links in the show notes, of course. And uh, everybody until next time, it's your time to live in the feast. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. I don't take that for granted. It's your time and I want to respect that. So I hope you get tons of value out of that. I would love for you to head on over to Live in the Feast and subscribe to the podcast. Leave Carrie and I a five-star rating and review in iTunes as it's going to help others find this episode too. Next week, I'll be back with Vincent Puglisi, where we have an amazing conversation around focus, getting and remaining debt-free, and playing in the mud with bugs. Until then, it's your time to live in the feast. Feast.